Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Twin Life with Tweet Dreams. It's our second episode. So if you haven't heard the first episode, please go back and listen. We talked all about becoming pregnant with twins. So there's definitely some really crazy stories to hear there. Hey, Stelina, welcome. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. Excited to talk to you today about birth, right? So what comes after the pregnancy? Birth. You know, as twin moms, it's definitely feels different, looks different than we may have thought it would. So I'm looking forward to sharing your story with the twins, right? And even you have some stories to share about your singleton. I sure do. So I'll just jump right into it. Honestly, I feel like I remember these instances very vividly. You know, when I think about giving birth to the twins and to my singleton son, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like it was yesterday, but then at the same time, it kind of feels like a long time ago. So with the twins, I always knew I was going to have a C-section. Um, I was just happier to do it that way because I don't do well with uncertainty and they always gave me the option from the very beginning. They told me, um, you know, you can try for a vaginal birth if they're both head down, or you can try for a vaginal birth if baby A is head down. That's the one who's closer to the canal. And then they can try to manually flip the other one. Mm -hmm. But I just said, you know what, let's just schedule the C-section especially with twins, there is a chance that you could have a vaginal birth with one and a C-section with the other one. And I was just not about to do that. That is like, so not your personality, right? Oh, yeah. It's, oh my God. I just, no, I, I was like, we're planner. not doing that. I am a big planner. So I'm very type A for people who don't know me. So I was like, that's fine. We're just going to do the C-section especially with so much uncertainty with pregnancy in general, I feel like I've had some control knowing that I was going to be in an operating room. It was just manageable for me to do that. Mm -hmm. So I had a, you know, a pretty uneventful pregnancy. You can go back and listen to um, episode one, you know, just a few minor things. Twin A had IUGR, that was nerve wracking, but I had regular appointments and everything was going, you know, pretty fine. I had a C-section scheduled at 37 weeks, and I think that's pretty standard for most twin pregnancies. I was going to go to the operating room at 37 weeks, but my twins had a different schedule. So I actually went into labor at 34 weeks and two days. I remember it was in the middle of the night, you know, right around 3 a.m. I had not been feeling well that day, but honestly, at the end of pregnancy, especially a twin pregnancy, I feel like that was how I was supposed to feel in my head. I just wasn't feeling well. 
And I remember going to bed and I usually have a little bit of like a bedtime snack, whether I'm pregnant or not. <laughs> Be serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I remember I was nauseous and I was really thinking like, I'm going to eat this little bedtime snack cookie, but I held myself back because in my head, I was thinking, what if I go into labor tonight and I need to have a C-section and I know you're not supposed to eat before, let me just hold off on the bedtime snack tonight, right? Maybe it was intuition. I don't know. So I wake up at 3 a.m. to use the restroom and I felt some water. Okay. I don't, I didn't know what your water breaking was supposed to feel like because I'd never been pregnant before, but I was pretty sure that was it uh, when I woke up. (laughs) My heart was beating very fast. I went to the restroom and I was like, oh no, this is, this is not good. So I woke up my husband uh, immediately. And he just not like to be woken up. And he was very tired. He had been traveling before. Let's be serious. I didn't feel that bad. But um, (laughs) good thing he was home, right? Oh, please. Yes. Good thing he was home. So I woke him up and I was like, look, listen, um, my water just broke. I I think it broke. We need to go to the hospital. I was freaking out. And he, he was like, all right, calm down. I'm sure it's nothing. Like, you know, call, why don't you just call the hospital so they can minimize your anxiety? You know, you're probably just anxious about the whole thing, but I don't think it's your water. I was like, listen, I'm going to call them, but I think it's water. So I called them. The on-call called me right back and she told me, okay, if it's your water breaking, it's going to continue. And if it was something else, you know, pregnancy, it will not keep happening. So I'm like, okay, I'm talking to her on the phone and I was like, all right, I'll wait and see. But, um, And then on the phone, I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to come because it it just keeps happening. So we go downstairs. I don't have a bag packed, okay, because we had just moved into our house 10 days prior. So I didn't have time to pack a hospital bag. And we just left. I quickly got a couple of things. Like, I think I brought a phone charger, maybe. And that's it. Like my wallet, I think I brought for my insurance card. My husband got ready for work because he thought that he was just going to go to the hospital with me in the morning and then go to his job later because he thought it was going to be a false alarm. Yeah, please share the the protein shake. Yes, I'm going to share. So, um, you know, he didn't make breakfast, but he did make himself a protein shake, you know, just so he would have that. He left it in the car because it was a false alarm, right? He was going to just have his protein shake on the way to work after this. (laughs) And we get in there. It was great. There was nobody that in the emergency room. Um, I was like, I'm 34 weeks pregnant with twins. And they were like, all right, you're just, they just brought me to the room immediately. I feel like when you say you have twins, when you're pregnant or, you know, at a, at a hospital, you know, you're, you're kind of treated a little bit like royalty. And I can only say this because I was pregnant with twins and a singleton and they definitely take twins more seriously. Any pregnant is serious. But, you know, a twin pregnancy is high risk from the beginning. So we went in the back and um, they hooked me up to the ultrasound machine. They found both heartbeats, thank goodness. And they were like, yeah, your water's broken 100%. I looked at my husband and I was like, all right, that's good that I was correct in this aspect. I wasn't going crazy. And baby B broke my water. She changed position. She became baby A. Okay. So she was on top. I didn't know that could happen. I mean, honestly, I did not know. Neither did I. So they're like, oh yeah, this baby is head down now because she was transverse, I think the whole time or no, not transverse. She was the other way, like breach. She was breach. Sorry. And now she's transverse. So 
I was like, what, what is going on here? It is like five o'clock in the morning. Um, so they were like, yep, we're going to go talk to the doctor. Um, we'll be right back. So I look at my husband and I'm like, yeah, I think it's happening today. And he's like, oh God, I'm really hungry. Do you think I have time to get my protein shake? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even have time to say anything. The doctor comes in and is like, okay, we're going to wheel you to the operating room. Like put your scrubs like, on. Right, I guess you can't have your shake. Sorry. I'm starving too. I didn't have my bedtime snack. (laughs) Um, So they wheeled me to the operating room. It was March 8th. I only mentioned this because it was International Women's Day. And I was in an operating room full of women, which was awesome. And I didn't even know what day it was. And a nurse was like, Stella, that's my my, uh, legal name. Nobody calls me Stella. Everybody calls me Selena. But the nurse said, oh, it's International Women's Day and we have an operating room full of women here and you're having twin girls. And I was like, amazing. Oh my God. This is is awesome. Is your OB a woman? Yes, but it wasn't even my OB that delivered the babies. Um, It was somebody who was on call who I loved. Um, Nice. She was great. So yeah, they prepped me um, for the C-section. I was freaking out, of course, but they they were so reassuring. The anesthesiologist was great. I was super nervous about... um, you know, like the spinal tap anesthesia they have to give you when you have a C-section, but it was really quick. If anybody has had a C-section listening to this before, it's a very interesting feeling. You just are numb all of a sudden. It's really weird. You can't move your legs and feet or anything from the waist down. Uh, They brought my husband in and honestly, it was so fast. Like the C-section is so fast. Um, They tell you, they ask you if you can feel feel when they're poking you. Um, I couldn't feel anything. Then honestly, this is the part that I don't like. It sounds kind of like a chainsaw or like some knife of some sort is like cutting you open. You can hear this, the, the tools that they're using, right? but you can't feel anything. So it's just like, I'm just trying to like, look at my husband and the anesthesiologist and they're like, okay, everything looks good. Um, you know, we're, we're getting baby a soon. They get baby a, they like lift her up. I see her for like a second. I'm like, Oh my God. Hi. And then they like bring her, um, to the little incubator thing because I should have mentioned before, because they were, um, preterm, the NICU team is automatically in the operating room. Um, and there are so many people in the operating room, which I, you know, I had never had a C-section. So I thought this was like standard, but there was like 50 people in there. And usually there's not, don't quote me on 50, but it, it was a lot of people. <laughs> so they bring her over and they're like, all right, we're getting baby B. So they just get baby B out. They take her out. She looks a little blue. I don't think she was ready. She probably would have stayed a little bit longer. Uh, Immediately bring her to the incubator. She needed CPAP, um, which is like a little breathing device. And um, yeah, after that, I took a few pictures with the babies. My husband took them or the nurse took them. um, You know, and I did not get to hold them, but they were just kind of like right up near Mm -hmm. my face. We did one picture with one baby, one picture with the other baby because one baby needed a CPAP. So they kind of made that really quick. And yeah, they were like, all right, everything looks good right now. We're just going to bring them to the NICU and you get closed up here and we'll see you in a little bit. So I was like, all right, feeling good. Like they got the, the babies out. We're fine. Then they wheeled me to the um, post-op area, um, where, you know, if you have a vaginal delivery, I think you feel this more, but they kind of like push on your uterus a lot to just like, just get out the rest of the contents that's in there make sure everything comes out. The so they do that with a C-section and 
I, I've heard this hurts a lot, um, but I had the anesthesia, like the mega kind of anesthesia that they give you for C-section. So I couldn't feel anything. So I was there for a little bit. My husband had gone down to the NICU, check out the babies. They were doing good, but one twin did have a CPAP and you know their temperatures were a little bit low just because of their size. One twin was 4.7 pounds. That's baby A who had the IUGR and baby B was 5.1 pounds. So decent sizes for 34 weeks. Um, you know, I was pretty happy about that. So that's, you know, the birth, I guess you could call it. And then after that, I was wheeled up to my recovery room and I didn't get to go to the NICU for a few hours um, after that. So I was kind of like by myself with my husband. Um, you know, he went to go get some food because he didn't get to have his protein shake. I got to have some food. I was feeling pretty good because that anesthesia is still in you. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm like, fine. And I'm in a little bit of pain, but I'm not that bad. I was able to go to the NICU, see the kids, talk to the, the nurses that were taking care of them, all super nice. And that's basically what I did for the three days that I stayed there. So I would go back up to my room, try to rest. Um, and then I would go down to the NICU, um, a nurse or somebody would wheel me down to the NICU. I tried to walk there, you know, on day two, the NICU in this hospital is kind of far from where my room was. So it was a good opportunity for me to like get up and walk. The thing I will say about the C-section experience that I didn't know um, before was that I experienced some terrible gas pains that I didn't know I would experience. And what I mean by this is on day two, I believe, I started having really bad chest and back pain. I remember my mom was actually with me at this point and I told her, I was like, wow, it's really like bothering me when I breathe. Um, Mm -hmm. My back is really hurting me. I was like, am I having a heart attack? Like, what is going on here? And they told me it's actually gas pain that travels or traveled all the way up. When they opened me up, the air got in and it's excruciating pain. When I tell you, honestly, I'm not exaggerating. That pain was worse than the incision pain. Um, It was really bad. How long did it last? Oh, it was terrible. I took some painkillers for... I want to say one or two days I took the strong stuff just because I was trying to be a warrior and not take the strong stuff. And then a nurse just came up to me and was like, listen, this is what this medication is here for. Mm -hmm. Please take this medication for its use. And then you can decide later on if you want to continue it or if you just want to take a dose or two and stop. And I was like, all right, fine. I took it and it did help me just kind of like feel less pain and be able to travel to the NICU to see my children. So I was discharged um, after three days, but my babies were still in the NICU. Like the time frame between when your water broke and like when you delivered, had you thought about that the NICU was an option or that it was a definite? Like, had you thought about it? So when I went to my doctor previously, I remember I was at the 32-week appointment and she was like, okay, you made it to 32 weeks. This is amazing, especially with twins. You're kind of out of the red zone. Your kids will be in the NICU if they're born today at 32 weeks. But as far as their lung maturity, 32 weeks is like a really big step for twins. Okay. So I always had that in the back of my mind. Um, After I hit 32 weeks, I could like breathe a little bit better. But I knew at 34 weeks that they would probably be in the NICU. And the doctor confirmed that because 
at this hospital, if they're under 35 weeks, they automatically go to the NICU to be checked no matter what. But at 35 weeks, it's a toss up. So I was 34 and two. Okay. So I was like, yeah, okay. You know, they told me the average stay at 34 weeks in the NICU was two weeks and my twins were in the NICU for 11 days. So it was, you know, pretty on point. I was worried about it, but actually being a first time parent and knowing that they were okay, thank goodness. I was kind of happy they were in the NICU just because they had 24 seven care. And me being a first-time parent, recovering from a C-section, having this terrible gas pain that I couldn't even like get out of my bed, I was happy that they were in the NICU because the hospital that I delivered at is an in-room hospital. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that actually means they don't have a nursery um, or they have a nursery that they don't really utilize because their thought process is that... The, the child or infant is better when like he or she or the twins, whoever is in the room with the mother 24-7, which I honestly have a lot of mixed feelings about that. I'm happy that they were in the NICU because that's where they needed to be. They got the care they needed and I was able to recover better that I didn't have to um, care for them right after delivery. Okay. That makes sense. So after I was discharged, um, I went home. And I continued to go to the NICU for the next 11 days by myself because it was um, COVID times. Couldn't bring anybody with me. My husband could have come with me, but he had to work. So he only came with me if we went at nighttime. Like if I went during the day and then he would drive me back at nighttime. Somebody would drive me. It was either my mom or honestly, I took an Uber a couple of times because there was nobody to drive me and I couldn't drive myself. How long, <laughs> so I'm like, how long can you not drive for after a C-section? I think it's two weeks. Okay. Um, so yeah, I couldn't drive myself, nor would I have like tried to drive myself really. So I did that. And um, the NICU was a pretty like positive experience for me. I wrote a couple of blog posts about this for anybody who's twins are in the NICU or were in the NICU. Um, It's really informative, something I would have liked to read when I was in the NICU. And, um, you know, it's full of emotions, but I consider myself lucky in the sense that my twins were only there for 11 days. They were there for mostly temperature control and feeding um, difficulties, which they didn't really have meant much of. They didn't need a feeding tube, thank goodness. So we were discharged at 11 days and it was perfect for me. I feel like I was able to recover a little bit better um, and then bring the twins home. One thing that did happen, unfortunately, is I did have one complication after the C-section. My wound separated a little bit. And one day when I was in the NICU, I went to the ER in that hospital and showed them the wound. And the, the doctor said that... Um, the wound had separated and I would need to have wound packing for a little bit of time. She estimated about a week. So I had a visiting nurse come, she would clean the wound and just kind of like pack it with gauze or something that's like gauze. Unfortunately, it was a month that I had this visiting nurse come do this. So that was kind of annoying just because, you know, I feel like I'm trying to recover from the C-section, but my body wasn't healing, you know, as properly as it should have. Thank goodness, you know, nothing got infected and um, it ended up being fine. You know, after that month of having a visiting nurse come pack it, it wasn't painful or anything like that. So I just tried to be positive about the situation. 
Um, and that's really it about the twins. So um, that was my twin bird story. And I'll quickly touch on my singleton bird story just really fast here. 17 months later, I got pregnant or I had a baby 17 months later. I got pregnant about eight months later. Oh my goodness. So um, I, it was, yeah, it was a shock. Um, definitely not planned, but welcomed. So that birth experience was much different. Um, I went into labor again prematurely at 36 weeks this time, 36 weeks, zero days. So just 10 days after the twins. I had contractions at home for this pregnancy, which I did not experience with the twins. So I didn't know what that felt like. I'm very happy. I didn't know what that felt like because (laughs) it was very painful and I didn't like it because I don't do well with pain. So I went to the ER um, after having contractions for a few hours. I waited in the ER for a very long time, which I did not experience with the twins. Like I said before, when you go into hospital and you're like, I'm pregnant with twins, they like, all right, you're first in line. Exactly. And I walked into the hospital this time and I was like, I'm pregnant and it's 36 weeks. And they were like, okay, take a ticket. Wait, no. <laughs> all right, never mind. Uh, so um, finally, I was seen. And my contractions were getting really, really bad. Um, I was seen and the baby was having decelerations. I was back and forth on if I would try for a VBAC. Um, I was leaning C-section because again, I like um, you know to know what's going on, but all my kids like to come early. So they like to kind of surprise me. I couldn't have even tried for a VBAC because he was having decelerations and they brought me straight up to the operating room um, right when... They found that out. It was very, very, very scary. Um, they did not find the heartbeat before they brought him, brought me up. So I was oh very scared. They found the heartbeat once we got into the operating room. Um, they did the surgery very fast. Much more complicated surgery because I had a lot of scar tissue from the twins' um, C-section, which nobody would know that, of course. Um, so it was very, very complicated surgery. It took much longer than it should have taken. I felt like it was taking longer because I had just done this um, 17 months before and it was very vivid in my mind. So I was even asking the surgeon who was not my doctor again, why it was taking so long. I'm like the worst patient ever. And uh, he was telling me there's a lot of scar tissue here. Um, you know, things are kind of not where they're supposed to be in here right now. Like just try to relax. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I can't relax. Just take my baby out. They got him out because of all the scar tissue. He that's why he came early, probably. Um, all the scar tissue was, you know, putting pressure on him. Interesting. Um, and that's probably why he was having decelerations too, because there's so much scar tissue. You know, that birth was honestly a lot more traumatic for me. Um, the baby was not crying when he came out. You know, I'd had in my head that he they couldn't even find his heartbeat. His heartbeat was in the 40s sometimes while he was having decelerations. So he was brought to the NICU as well for, you know, something more serious, losing air at birth. Thank God he's healthy and thriving today. Um, You know, I didn't know this, but babies have something called fetal hemoglobin, which means their affinity for air is um, much greater than an adult's. So, you know, if we're, you know, drowning underwater, we can only last so long without air, but babies um, have this fetal hemoglobin that kicks in and kind of like saves them. So his kicked in, saved him. And he was in the NICU for one night. Um, he was monitored very closely and all his testing came back okay. They took a CPAP off. Um, and I'm just so thankful, you know, wow. about the way that turned out. 
Yeah. Amazing story. So those are my stories. A little bit long-winded, but, you know, had two C-sections. So double C-section girl over here. Um, as much pain as was involved, I'm, I'm really happy with how everything turned out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many people can relate to that because, you know, multiples are mostly delivered via C-section. Right. I think the minority would be vaginal, but I'm really glad that we can share both perspectives. Right. So am I. Right. Which I think is really cool. Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access, and that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. Yeah, so I talked about my pregnancy previously. It was very standard, very textbook. Everything went as it should have been. Really thankful for that. And so like leading up to it, you know, you're bringing your hospital bag to the appointments just because like you said, you never know if you get there for, you know, a non-stress test and they're like, Hey, change of plans. Right. So you always want to be prepared, but they just kept sending me home. Everything looked fine. And so we had scheduled an induction at 38 weeks. So it's interesting to hear that yours was at 37. Um, and I think 37, 38 is sort of the standard. After 38, they say that it's no longer a good environment for multiples, right? So yeah, I scheduled an induction and they're like, well, obviously come in before then if it's if it's time. But these kiddos were just super comfy in there. Um, I remember like hobbling in because of the weight and my sciatica was so bad. And just like jumping forward, like when the weight of them was gone off my body, it was just like unbelievable. So, you know, going full term with twins is a, is a big deal. And it's, it's, I can't imagine that my body was so ready, but yeah. So we go in, you know, like 7am we were still picking out names. Well, okay. We had first names for sure. A little kind of a cute story is we couldn't really decide on middle names. And as we're driving to the hospital, the song comes on and it's was one of our choices. And it's the, the title of a song. And I was like, this is like, this means something, right? We're listening to the song. That's going to be her middle name. That's um, so cute. Yeah. Uh, we really haven't gotten into names yet, but yeah, I thought that was um, something to mention. But anyway, um, I wanted to have a vaginal birth, right? Of course, my doctor was like, hey, let's let's go for the C-section. I think on their end, it's planned, right? I mean, so is an indu- induction, but I think a C-section is definitely planned. It might even be quote unquote, safer. I'm not really sure because like you said, when you have a vaginal delivery, you have to have all of the boxes checked for it to be what they would recommend in that 
both babies are head down, right? And baby A was always head down, which is why she had torticollis and we'll get into that. But she was like stuck down in my pelvis the whole time. And then baby B was more like, not sure what she had going on. She was sideways up, you know, breech, um, head down. And when we went in, you know, like the, the couple weeks leading up to the birth, she continued to stay head down. So when I went in that morning, I was feeling really confident that we could have a vaginal delivery. Because like you said, if one baby's breech, you can go vaginal, but what if there's complications with baby B? What if she's breached and the doctor's not feeling confident with that? Because I asked my doctor, I was like, are you comfortable delivering a breech baby? And he was, but it wasn't his recommendation, right? So it's definitely a lot to think about when you're sort of planning for a twin birth. Um, but yeah, I went in, um, had a private room, which was nice. We actually had a newborn photographer that had reached out to us via social media somehow. And she was like, Hey, I really want a twin birth on my portfolio. (laughs) I didn't know this girl. And she's like, can I photograph your birth for free? Right. So, wow, that's lucky. Yeah. So that she could have it on her, just in her portfolio. And I was like, sure. Right. I did think it was a great opportunity. Um, I don't know how eventful it was for her because I wasn't going to have a natural birth. And when we say natural, natural means drug free. Right. I think sometimes people get natural and vaginal sort of mixed up. Um, they don't mean the same thing. So I could maybe tell she wanted me to labor longer than I did, but I was like, yeah, no. So I, they broke my water, um, baby A's water, I should say. And, you know, around 8am, um, and I labored, uh, for till about noon or one, I would say. So they give you the, the Pitocin to, speed up the process and about 12 or one I was having significant contractions and I was like this is it I've sort of proven my I don't know whatever just something I wanted to sort of experience but I wasn't willing to go the whole way and I think that's fine for me um so they called in the anesthesiologist and I get that um the epidural and I will remember this man till the day I die, but he comes in like bellowing these like theater songs and he's like real goofy. And of course I'm like just tense, you know, he's about to shove a foot long needle into my spine. And we're like, he's like, have you guys heard of Hamilton? Like Hamilton had just came out. Remember when that was. I do remember that. And to this day, I still haven't even seen it. I'm like not a theater person, but anyways, same. <laughs> he was like singing the song. You guys have to watch Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. And we were just like, okay, but he was amazing. He got his, his stuff done and then he was out of there. And then I was like, phew. Okay. Like, obviously I felt relaxed. Um, I laid on a peanut ball. I don't know if you know what a peanut ball is, but it's like yes, a I do. birthing 
ball, but shaped like a peanut. So I do feel like it did something for me and that you lay on your side and it's in between your legs, sort of just kind of like opens everything up. Um, so I always, you know, recommend the peanut ball to, to everyone. Cause I do feel like it sped up my labor. And then it was a couple hours just sort of hanging out, you know, watching the monitors. My doctor would come back in, you know, he was on his rounds and, you know, his office was just connected to the hospital. So he'd pop back over. Um, and we had the best nurse and she was pregnant. Okay. And like, she would just was newly pregnant. She couldn't believe, you know, that I was having twins and she was so excited for me. And so I labored from like seven and she got off at seven. So a 12 hour shift, right? I, they finally came in at, I'm going to say six, 5.45 PM. And he checked me one more time and he's like, we're ready. We're going to go push. Right. So they take me to an operating room, even though I'm doing it vaginal, they're going to have me in a operating room because there's multiples. And like you said, you go in there and there's literally a hundred people in there. Um, the it's like an audience. Yeah. I thought they were just all there to see me. I was like, hi, what's up guys? Like, I didn't know there was going to be so many people in here. Did you? I really didn't. Honestly, I didn't either. And, you know, I was just like, okay. Like it sort of made me nervous. I didn't really understand why there were that many people in there, but part of it I think was the NICU team as well, because even though they were full-term you know, 38 weeks, they're going to be present because it's technically not a term baby. So, um, so yeah, by that was what 545 I pushed and they were born at 620 and 628. So very little Good time. For you. Yeah. 45 minutes ish of actual pushing. Um, and they were there and it was unbelievable. And, you know, I got to, I think only hold baby B and I don't really remember why, but they did put her on my chest for like a second. Um, and then they're just over there and they're like, you know, doing their thing with the babies in the isolates and, or like the little cribs. And I remember laying there, you know, and it's like so surreal. And I'm like, what are they doing? Because like, I'm still on the, the stirrups. I'm s- still spread wide open. You know, I'm like, what? and I realized that he had given me an episiotomy. So he basically cut me because it's better to be cut than be torn, to be honest. <laughs> and who knows right. what's better. And- <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm happy with this, this decision. And he was actually teaching a resident on how to stitch me up. So yeah, I would have been like, no, not, not today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm a struggle in that department speaking up for myself. So I just laid there and, and let it happen, which was fine. Like I trust him completely, but it was a learning experience. And, you know, I think some of these people in the room were happy to, see a vaginal twin delivery. Right. So at least I could contribute that way, but yeah, they wrapped them up, put them in my arms and we were back in the room and it was so amazing because this nurse 
got to see it. Like it was like the 11th hour of her shift and she got to see it. And she actually had already written me a note that said, you know, that you guys have been such an amazing couple. It was so nice to take care of you today. Good luck with the delivery. Like she didn't think that she was going to make it. And so it just really like touched my heart that, you know, people in the nursing field really do like care about their, their patients. And yeah, like my, it's very short and sweet. Um, I'm glad that I can contribute to this conversation with my story about how, you know, if you want a vaginal delivery, you can go for it. And I always thought that I wanted that and it happened, right? You know, with the Pitocin or not the Pitocin, but the epidural, I don't know if you felt this way, but I had a lot of effects from it, meaning I was very, very shaky and just felt really weird as it, like I had tremors almost, which was really hard. I did have that. You did? Okay. I did have that. It's um, all the hormones too. They said just a, a large drop of hormones all at once. Um, once you deliver the babies, I, that happened to me too. I remember just freezing, shivering. Yes. And they reassured me that that was normal. Okay. Yeah. Same. And within, I want to say two to three hours, they had me get up and walk to the bathroom. Like it was tough. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's my story. They, they were able to come with me to my room. Thankfully my hospital did have a nursery. Uh, They all should. I, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen those pictures of like the 1940s or fifties where they like had the, the nursery would be like on the other side of the wall and they would put the baby in like a little sort of like drawer and it would go back over to the other side. Like it sounds made up. I, I think I've seen a, like a movie like that. Yeah. I'm like, did they, did that really happen? Because I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't like this, but I think it was more commonplace definitely for the baby to be with a nursing team. Um, versus staying with the mother, but everybody's got their you know, reasons why they do one thing or the other. I was feeling super overwhelmed, right? Of everything that had just happened, my own physical transformation. I just thinking like my mental health and we'll get into that, but I felt it was a blessing to be able to give them back to the nursery for a short period of time. But you better believe they were knocking on my door every two to three hours because I was breastfeeding. So it's not like they were gone for too long. (laughs) But we we went home in less than 48 hours, which I felt was very, very quick. So like I said, I gave birth at 6 p.m. and we were leaving at 11 p.m. two days later, 11 a.m., sorry. I just didn't feel like it was enough time. But like you said, they know if you need to stay or if you're ready to go. And so I felt sort of optimistic in my capabilities, but I was really definitely overwhelmed. And I think next episode, we're going to talk about that transition, right? As first time moms, bringing home multiples, what that looks like. It's a lot. It's a transition for sure. 100%. It looks different for everybody. And I'm glad we can touch on that because 
it's different than bringing home one. And you can, I will, I will definitely look forward to hearing how your transition with two versus one um, looked like for you. I'm excited to talk about that. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your stories today. I really appreciate that. I hope the listeners do too. And thank you guys for listening. You know, we won't always be sharing all the nitty gritty details of, of our life. I think it was just important to kind of establish how we got here, right? And how these experiences sort of have shaped how we are and who we are as twin moms. So we look forward to next episode. Thank you for joining me today, Stelina. Thank you, Lindsay. It was really exciting. So happy to hear about your birth story with the twins. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help.